Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, uh, to a fiery Friday uh, or factual Friday or Friday facts. Hmm. It is June 12, 2020, and the insanity has gone up a few notches, as we can see, almost halfway done with June. Uh, seems like uh, the month is going by really quick. Today's going to be a pretty interesting show because I've been working on a lot of stories and um you know, the most interesting one was, well, the two most interesting for me is the Netflix story and the MH17 story. So before we get into the, hey, why is it always that Malaysia Air is the one that's hijacked? You know, disappearing planes, missiles being shot. Was it on the moon? Is it underwater? Are they dead? You know, that airline. The airline that if you buy someone tickets from Malaysia Air, that says... <laughs> that was actually a going joke after MH370 where I was like, yo, I love you so much. I'm going to buy you a ticket with Malaysia Air. So we're going to talk about that because what's interesting is everybody knows or everybody believes that the coronavirus was actually created at Wuhan, um, you know, for the purpose of bioweapons. And you're wrong because, yes, we weaponize things. But as a scientist, I can tell you that we create things that mimic other things when we want to see how we can cure them. And kind of like how some people might release viruses to cure viruses, this virus was created so it was easier with this foreign DNA. This is artificial intelligence being used to create these things. I just want to say this. But what I wanted to find were the little clues that I had picked up through different data that was put out that traced me back all the way to those darn royals again. And this time it's the Dutch royals, the ones with the clogs. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about, okay, we, we're going to touch base on General Flynn's, um, you know, discussions that they had. And, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, my gosh, Tori, he wasn't talking about using he was using another case. Listen, we're going to get to that because there's a lot you don't know. And you and, and judge speak is one of the most important ones. See, I was the one that spoke about judge speak back in 2016 with Judge Collier. Mm, four years later, I was right. What I'm trying to say is judges say things, write things, opine on things that you think are irrelevant, but are very relevant to them. Because then when they get asked, hey, I'm disrobing you because you X, Y, Z, they're like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I talked about it. I totally spanked them for this. But, you know, classified. 
So we'll get to that. We'll also get to how the ACLU is all fake. Uh, kind of touch on that. Um, and and what, what else? There's like so much. There's so much going on. I mean, <laughs> okay, so, you know, the ACLU is talking about, you know, Microsoft virtue signaling. That's actually an article that I was working on. And I'm like, hey, who's been in my computer? Um, so there's an article that I was working on uh, indicating how Microsoft was selling our information. Now, they said that Microsoft said, I'm not selling it to the police. And so we need to talk about that. <laughs> and who else is selling stuff? And how you are paying them to spy on you. Uh, there's, there's, whoa, there's like way too much. So we're just going to take it as is, but before anything, because this is going to be pretty brutal. I thought we could talk about Chaz, <laughs> this hot mess of a wannabe demonstration. It looks like Woodstock on really bad acid with no plan and a bunch of thugs, thugs that if one guy wants to, or you piss him off, he'll just batter you with a bat. So the question for all of us should be, how many people were beaten, bludgeoned, killed, and raped within that new country of Chaz, right? Uh, yesterday. And do they actually get justice? Or is the justice that gets served by those that run the place that are actual thugs um, enough? So they've barricaded. We've got the chief of police uh, of the police station that was abandoned, uh, lining up with these people, <laughs> of course. The mayor, who nobody knows where she lives except for me and a couple of other people, uh, you know, she keeps it secret because she's scared. Um, she aligns with them. I would have cut the power and the water off. But why isn't that happening? Why aren't they cutting the water and the power off? You know how quick that'll stop. It'll stop instantly, but they don't want it to stop because they want to distract you. And then you have to think, why Seattle? Oh, dear, Canada. So these are things that we need to just kind of touch upon and look at. But you know what? Because, 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 um, just so you know, I do have um, two lines with T-Mobile. And that's because my daughter loves their service. And I am actually disconnecting that service. I guess I'm just going to move everything over to Google Fi. Even though it's going to cost me a fortune, I think. It, look, Google Fi is really cheap if you're like me. I don't use a lot of data on the road. Uh, so I my bill is pretty much $30 a month. And that's, you know, everything. But not unlimited data. So I'm dropping T-Mobile because they decided to take a stance. And they don't deserve my money. Now you would say, but you're giving it to Google. Yeah, well, you know, I got to pick. There's no way I'll go to AT&T. You can't pay me enough because AT&T has specific MOUs, memorandums of understanding, which we'll also talk about, um, that pretty much violate every single portion of your privacy. And Verizon, hell no, just to appropriate myself on that one. So let's take a listen to what Tucker Carlson had to say, which really teed off T-Mobile, this new country called Chaz. Totally loved his take. Totally loved his humor. And I was just thinking, like, while I was watching this last night, um, which, by the way, I got in late. I had actually gone kayaking yesterday, which I shouldn't have uh, because I don't I, I think I've injured my face probably in my sleep. 
I don't have any bruising or anything, but my eye socket is killing me. Um, so like the bone, not the eyeball, right? <laughs> uh, so shouldn't have, but I did. So I came in late last night and watched this, laughed really hard, which hurt because moving my mouth hurts my eye socket for some reason. I don't know if I fractured it. I don't know. God knows what I was doing in my sleep, right? So, or maybe a drone came in through my window, but it was closed. So, I don't know. Technology and stuff. So, let's leave that at that. So, let's take a listen to what Tucker had to say on Chaz before we delve into who really created the coronavirus, why was it created, and why was he killed? Last week, there were a total of 195. But if you guessed that, you're wrong because tonight... There are 196. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to the latest addition to the global family of nations, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, formerly known as downtown Seattle. pretty appealing. But before you jump on Expedia to book a trip with the family to the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, now known, by the way, as CHAZ, the country's tourism and economic development department is calling it that, you should know that there are no beaches in CHAZ. This is a tiny nation. It's smaller than Liechtenstein. The entire country extends only six city blocks. It was built on land that was formerly owned in part by the Seattle Police Department. But the founders of CHAZ wanted that land. So they planted a flag and they stole it, just like the conquistadors. The first thing they did after they declared nationhood, and this was a bit of a surprise given that these modern conquistadors claimed to be progressive ideologues, but the first thing they did was establish rigid national borders. They built a wall around the place, just like Donald Trump once said he would do. Their wall is made from wooden barricades. A sign at the entrance to the country warns, you are now leaving the USA. And then there are armed border guards, not technically ICE agents, but close enough, who question everyone seeking entry. Countries have borders, and the founders of CHAZ understood that. They don't want the place flooded with illegals. And by illegals, we mean the citizens of Seattle. We have been hearing from community members that they have been subjected to barricades set up by the protesters, with some armed individuals running them as checkpoints into the neighborhood. That's pretty smart. You can't let just anyone into your country. An uncontrolled flood of immigrants would tank the economy, and the people of Chaz know that. They're not libertarians. They don't work for the Chamber of Commerce. They're not giving you some speech about how immigration makes you richer. They're realists. They want to make this work for the sake of their people. And they don't have much to work with. What exactly is the economy of Chaz? It's tough. With limited natural resources and a population with virtually no skills of any kind, apart from spray painting the F word on public buildings, they lead the world in that, the people of Chaz don't have a lot of options for economic development. So they've gone with extortion through violence. Again, just like the conquistadors. It's a time-tested formula and it's lucrative. We have heard anecdotally reports of citizens and businesses being asked to pay a fee to operate within this area. 
this is the crime of extortion. Well, like the nation it broke from, its mother nation, the United States, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone is what political philosophers call a proposition nation. It's a country based on an idea rather than particular people. The founding idea in Chaz, it's Magna Carta, it's constitution, it's raison d'etre, is the cops are bad, very, very bad. The police are bad and should be abolished. So not surprisingly, Chaz has banned police from its territory. The surrounding city of Seattle seems okay with that decision. I mean, does the government of Italy dictate local policies within the Vatican City? No, of course not. It's autonomous. Same thing here. What's amazing, though, is that the leaders of Chaz would like to dictate policies in the city of Seattle. And so they're demanding that Seattle get rid of its police force and close all jails and prisons. At this point, Chaz has not yet been admitted to the U.N. Presumably there's an email headed there now. But as the Seattle police chief, Carmen Best, explained, the country already has recognition from the Seattle city government. The decision to board up the precinct, our precinct, our home, the first precinct I worked in, was something I have been holding off. You should know, leaving the precinct was not my decision. You fought for days to protect it. I asked you to stand on that line, day in and day out, to be pelted with projectiles, to be screamed at, threatened, and in some cases hurt. Then to have a change of course nearly two weeks in, it seems like an insult to you and our community. Ultimately, the city had other plans for the building and relented to severe public pressure. Pretty powerful police chief, pretty, pretty formidable law enforcement leader. I'm sure the people of Seattle feel well protected. So Chaz is a nation without leaders. It's a flat system. It's anarchy. How long can that continue? Probably not very long. Anarchy isn't built to last. In the end, the strong always dominate the weak. And in fact, it's already happening. It took barely a day for the nation of Chaz to get its first warlord. And it was quite a promotion for him. Just a week ago, Raz Simone was an up-and-coming rapper. He was also a super host for Airbnb. Now, he's a monarch. In videos taken within Chaz, Simone is seen patrolling the area with his allies. They have guns. They're declaring, we're the police now. In one clip, the monarch's men assault a citizen of Chaz for spray painting graffiti inside the zone. Just like the mafia, Chaz doesn't put up with nonsense like that in their own neighborhood. So that's what's happening in Seattle site. Not a big deal. A brand new nation within our own borders. Yes, the last time that happened, it did kick off a civil war that killed hundreds of thousands of Americans and lasted three years. But it's not a huge deal. And that may be why Democrats in Congress seem completely unaware that it's happening. Nancy Pelosi has said nothing about it. Neither has Adam Schiff. And you'd think they kind of have their finger on the pulse of the nation. The mayor of Seattle knows about it, obviously. It's happening downtown but doesn't seem bothered in the slightest. In fact, in the last few days, the mayor of Seattle, Jenny Durkin, has tweeted in honor of a deceased gay icon in the city. She's bragged about building new housing for the homeless. Until tonight, she didn't even acknowledge the existence of Chaz. Again, a nation built in her downtown. The president noticed, though, last time he tweeted this, take back your city now. If you don't do it, I will. This is not a game. These ugly anarchists must be stopped immediately. Move fast. The mayor of Seattle replied this way, simply, make us all safe. Go back to your bunker. Ooh, a clever social media wordsmith. 
There are questions, though, unresolved. For example, what will happen to the American citizens who may have been shopping downtown in Seattle and are now stuck behind the border of Chaz? Can we repatriate them? Are they now prisoners of war? These are questions of international diplomacy at this stage, but the mayor has not addressed them. She did say tonight that Chaz is really like a block party, and she said she might grant some of their demands. Presumably a bilateral treaty is imminent. We'll be bringing you that news when it happens. The media haven't paid a lot of attention to Chaz either. They would, they're excited by anything that's new, but not in this new country. It's kind of weird because just a month ago, they were very against demonstrators. The anti-lockdown demonstrators in Michigan, for example, were dangerous zealots. Really just an ugly, a dangerous scene at the state capitol in Michigan. Black people's right to protest is secondary to white people's right to be in armed protest with long guns. Bunch of guys camoed up, a bunch of guys with long guns. These potentially dangerous protests against stay-at-home orders. Tiny minority with guns marched into the state capitol in Michigan today to lobby in their raucous way. That when it's white people with guns and they're out and they're angry and their faces with cops. Didn't see any of that. Everybody's civil. These folks ended up in the state capitol, Craig, with automatic weapons, and they were treated with kid gloves. Oh, we said at the top of the show we're going to try to stay amused. Night after night we play those clips, and every night it's just, oh, it makes you red in the face. How can people that stupid have TV shows and that dishonest? But tonight, let's acknowledge it is amusing because here's the standard. If you protest lockdowns in Michigan with guns but don't commit any violence at all, it's a threat to the nation. But if you commit beatings and loot and burn down buildings, you are, quote, mostly peaceful. If you create an armed, independent nation in downtown Seattle, it's amazing. Good call. The New York Times is on your side. And in fact, just today, the New York Times published a piece that described the nation of Chaz as, quote, a homeland for racial justice. So we have homelands now in the middle of our country. The nation of Chaz is, we're again quoting the New York Times here, quote, an experiment in life without the police, part street festival, part commune. It has free food, and that's what it takes to make everything right. Just get rid of the police. By the way, how many of the people writing this stuff would go spend a week in Chaz with their families? Or in Chad, for that matter? Zero. But that didn't slow ABC down. It described Chaz as, quote, festive. Basically like free Tibet. Except in this case, the media actually support it because China's on board, too. We'd love to explore this question more. The press and the Democratic Party have repeatedly condemned protesters who carry weapons simply to make a point, who have no intention of using them and don't use them. And, of course, last winter we had an entire impeachment charade based on the idea that nobody is above the law. No one is above the law. Nobody is above the law. No one is above the law. No one is above the law. No one's above the law. No one is above the law. That no person is above the law. Nobody should be above the law. Nobody should be above the law. No one is above the law. Mm. Got that, America? Stop exercising your rights, the ones you thought were the law, and shut up because no one is above the law. Except for Democratic voters, obviously. They're not simply above the law. In fact, they get to make their own laws. In fact, they can make their own countries if they want. It's all totally cool, just as long as they vote in November. 
Jason Rance hosts a radio show in Seattle. He ventured into the nation of Chaz earlier today. And tonight he's reporting from outside the border of Chaz, the DMZ that separates Seattle from this emerging nation. Jason, thanks so much for coming on. What's it like in Chaz? Well, right now it's too violent for us to go in. It's a little bit too scary for us to go in because when you go in and you have a different opinion than what they would like to be seen on video, they end up harassing you and they assault you. I had a friend who's a reporter who got assaulted just two nights ago. When you wait, go wait, into this I'm, area, so, I'm sorry, I have, to, I have to stop you there. I've got to check your privilege for a second. Aren't developing nations al always seized by turmoil? Isn't it a little racist to say that Chaz is violent? Yes, let me say that they are peacefully challenged right now, and they don't <laughs> want us to talk about that. In fact, uh -huh. when you hear from Mayor Jenny Durkin, I feel like I've never been more embarrassed for the city before. Mayor Jenny Durkin earlier today essentially said that what we see is happening isn't really happening. That despite the fact that they had to board up all of the windows and the doors to the East Precinct before removing all of their expensive equipment and all of their evidence and everything that they had there, then put a fence around it. They said they weren't actually abandoning the building. Meanwhile, there's not a cop in sight. The cops are told not to come here. And that, of course, is due to the violence that we're told isn't actual violence. It's peaceful protesters. Jenny Durkin goes after President Trump today because he paid attention to this in a tweet last night and earlier today. And now it's officially about Donald Trump lying about domestic terrorists in this crowd. I can tell you because not only do I live here, but I cover Antifa and I cover anarchists. There is a group in this area in Chaz that are anarchists, that are Antifa, and there are, in fact, some community organizers who have decided to completely take over. And we have ceded this land to these individuals. And the implications of that cannot be understated. If folks think right now that maybe they live in Los Angeles and New York, oh, it's not going to happen here. Yeah, it's going to happen there. We're allowing it to happen here. We're not getting involved at all. We're pretending it doesn't exist. I have to ask you, Jason, since you're one of the very few I know who's ventured inside this new nation, is it a tidy, cheerful place? Have they ironed out all the, the kinks in the sanitation, et cetera? What's it look like? Well, yeah, so it's not necessarily tidy. However, the city of Seattle has decided to send in crews to do some cleanups and add some toilets for them. So we're actually oh. enabling this kind of behavior. So but they're already getting foreign graffiti. aid. Obviously, there is a lot. Of they're also getting foreign aid. This is the ridiculousness. Cut the power off. This is not supposed to be happening in the United States of America. This is ridiculous. And the fact that we have an autonomous zone is even more ridiculous. And that people are totally fine with it is even more ridiculous. And then saying that the president of the United States is clashing over the Seattle mayor because of this autonomous zone is ridiculous. The taxpayers are paying for this. For what? For them to do some faux Woodstock kind of thing where they're ready to beat each other up? Are you kidding? This is what we are okay with. Good evening. Welcome. This is this is ridiculous. Like I've never seen anything like that. Never, ever, 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 ever. They will beat you. They will kill you, and they will rape you. And you have nothing. You can't do anything. You can't do anything. I mean, I just want to replay, and I was rewinding so you can hear what the chief of police had to say of the precinct that was abandoned. Take a listen. But as the Seattle police chief, Carmen Best, explained, the country already has recognition from the Seattle city government. The decision to board up the precinct 
our precinct, our home, the first precinct I worked in, was something I have been holding off. You should know, leaving the precinct was not my decision. She abandoned ship. You fought for days to protect it. Fought for days, and I let you down, and, and I am negotiating, along with your uh, mayor, with terrorists. I asked you to stand on that line, day in and day out, to be pelted with projectiles, to be screamed at, threatened, and in some cases hurt. Then to have a change of course nearly two weeks in, it seems like an insult to you and our community. It's an insult to every single American right now and every single person in blue. Why is the Seattle PD still working? Are these guys spineless? Seriously, spineless? Oh, I took an oath. Nobody cares. The only way you make stuff happen is by saying, you know what, Mayor, you're on your own. You police the streets. We're out. We're going on vacay. We're striking, period. They're unionized for a reason. But you know why the unions aren't going to back them? Because the unions are owned by the Democrats. The only reason unions exist are to fund the Democrats. All their money goes to amalgamated bank. So if any police officer out there in Seattle has any cojones at all, you guys all need to strike. What is she going to do? Fire you all? What is she going to do? Employ citizens with guns? No, she's not. She's going to beg you to come back and she's going to squash this faster than ever. But the police should be taking a stand. They're using you as a pawn. Stand up. Say, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm not doing this anymore. I got a union. My union needs to represent me. I feel like I'm being put in the line of fire and no one is helping, and all their actions are, on the contrary, trying to defuse the situation. So I refuse to work. I am going on strike until my demands are met. What are my demands? I demand that the mayor and all these other idiots do their job, too. So that is how you squash a problem like Chaz. I'll see you guys after the break, where we start delving into some really, really juicy things. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Hi, 
I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. Welcome back, everyone. So just a little bit of breaking kind of news um, that I saw. Uh, the Denver School Board has voted 7-0 to to end the contract with the Denver Police Department, and they're excited about it. That sounds like they're putting a big sign of uh, school shootings here, please. This sounds pretty insane. And you know what sounds even weirder? That in any case, they're ending the contract with the Denver police, which means they don't require policing or help. So that means your kids will not be monitored. There will be no police cutting off traffic for your children. And, you know, if there happen to be pedophiles in your area, good luck with that. So this is this is where we're at. And like I said, this summer, you're going to be pulling your hair. You're like, there is no way... Ever, 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 ever that this would happen. And yes, it has. I mean, the other day we had a boy who was taking virtual school, you know, online. Well, his his school filed a report that he brought a gun to school. How's he doing that virtually? Oh, he had a BB gun in the background. So the electronic depiction of the kid's crossbow and BB gun in the background of his bedroom warranted the local police to go and search his house. Talk about a violation. Remember, I said you're going to be pulling your hair out. I mean, you would never see a time where a chief of police is like, we're abandoning ship. You'd never see a time where a mayor be like, I'll send him people to clean up and put in some more toilets for you. Are you kidding? I'd be turning off the water and the power instantly. I'd be like, oh, you want to play? Let's see. You could start digging. Try to go find a well. Why don't you guys carry water from the shore, desalinate it, and then drink it? Because I'm not doing it for you. That is what should happen. Instead, we're paying for all this. (laughs) I I don't even know where to begin today. Like, there is so much insanity going on. It's ridiculous. Uh, So we also have, you know, 
Obviously, a $10,000 reward going out for Mina Youssef and Jose de Nigris Felon Jr. They keep forgetting to put their full names, which is so weird. Um, they're looking for information because they set the place on fire. Now they're saying, oh, the couple, they're not really a couple, you guys. Uh, they work for the same organization. Uh, you know, they hail from Texas, kind of like we're from what, what was his name again? That guy that had that state funeral with people saluting him. All right. George Lloyd. Wait a minute. George Lloyd. Nope. Floyd? Lloyd. Floyd? Lloyd. Uh, hmm. I'm pretty sure I heard them say Lloyd a few times. Just saying. So here we are uh, on a Friday on the 12th of June heading over for a hot weekend. And what did we have early this morning? Judges talking Flynn. Judges sitting there and contemplating if judges are prosecutors now, too, and how they should investigate things. Judges saying things that you were just like, okay, why did you bring up a racial case? Why did you bring up this case? Oh, these are all hints. So I want you guys to know that judges aren't stupid. That's number one. Number two, everything they say is purposeful. So those times where they're going off on tangents, you're like, what are you talking about? It's purposeful because then they can cite back to that because now it's public record. Oh, I did mention it. Don't tell me I didn't mention. I totally said it. That's what they do. So let's talk about surveillance a little bit before we get into like the juicy stuff of the Ukraine coronavirus and um, Barack Hussein Obama. Uh, this will lead into it because it all gets back. Spygate, <sighs> Russia hoax, you know, the whole nine yards. So here we are at a point where people are talking about spying and you heard the judge talk about how a drone went into a bedroom and took pictures and people are looking to quash it and you're having people come in to quash information for General Flynn or whatever his case is, et cetera, et cetera. So he brings that up. Which, just so you know, there is such surveillance stuff. Uh, there is such surveillance. Uh, Junior, Stone, uh, tons of people that Mueller never brought in for questioning because they sent drones, you know, to their homes. And uh, apparently they can do this because it's totally legal. So while you're on your phone in the bathroom, a, zone, uh, a drone can come in through your window. And you would be none the wiser and actually not even through the window. But okay, we'll just leave it at that for now. So they can spy on you no matter what. They can collect information on you no matter what. And you have no choice. No. What? No. You should allow us to do that anytime we feel it's, it's rightfully ours. You know, we should be able to do this. I mean, after all, we have the IG of the NSA, uh, you know, who's still there, who shouldn't be there, you know, <laughs> who authorized these drones to enter people's homes. How is that okay? How are you protecting your personal papers or your personal tush if they could just fly right in there and check it out? Tell me. You can't, can you? You can't, can you? You can't. So, you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, pandering going around. Pandering from the ACLU saying, breaking, Microsoft just announced it will not sell face recognition technology to the police. That's a lie. Total lie. Super lie. Do you know why? Some guy not a lot of people talk about, David Cuthbertson of the FBI. He's the one that gets all these agreements together and signs them with the FBI. Why? Surveillance. 
So there is a memorandum of understanding, actually a few of them with Microsoft. Okay. And actually Microsoft signed something with John Brennan over 10 years ago. He facilitated that with David Cuthbertson's signature on it. So tell me again, what? Not selling it. Wait, did you hear that? Not selling it. See, because I said that, my problem with the attorney generals of Texas, of North Dakota, and another 14 states have signed MOUs just like this. And guess what? They get paid by the FBI to sell your information that they're privy to on a state level. Oh, no way, Tori. Yeah, Yahweh. I had the documents. I published those. That's why my personal account was totally disbanded from Twitter. Yes, they do. They make money off of selling. And you know what's funny? You're paying both of them. So you have Microsoft products that are surveilling you. Well, they're taking that that you pay for to have that product, selling it, and using your tax dollars to buy it off of them. So it seems like Microsoft is making money twice, right? So you're paying for them to spy on you twice. Twice. You know, the best way to do this, listen... There should be ways that we can use surveillance stuff like, you know, wiretapping or even drones to see where we're at, just like we use satellites. Come on, Space Force, like what are you doing? And um, uh, we should be able to have access to that when real threats are afoot. I appreciate that. Yes, I do. But we should also have the right to opt out. Like, for example, if I buy something that's a Microsoft product, right, and I don't want them to sell my data, I should have the right to say, I don't want you to sell my data. But if you do, then I need to get paid too. Because you're making money twice. One, from me buying your product. Two, from you selling my information. And in essence, I'm buying for the PC and I'm buying for the police to take my information. Why don't I get a cut? I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to sell my stuff and I have no choice, at least make, let me make some money off of it. Because then you can say that I was complacent. Right now, we're being robbed blind. See, that's the thing. This is the key. So what is the ACLU doing? They're just losers hanging out, pandering, and, 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 and doing whatever. If they were really the ACLU, they'd say, stop. We're paying for that information from Microsoft with tax dollars. And the people are paying for services, and this data is being collected, and they've paid for that too. That's not fair. If someone wants to be complacent with selling of the data, they can make money off of their data. If you have nothing to hide and you don't mind people surveilling you, then maybe you can get a little bit of money on the side since you're feeding their AI. Right now, you're a sucker. You're a big sucker. This happens in the future. You can opt out, which means I don't allow you to just collect my information, but you don't get like a $500 check every month. But those that do, that are losers, you know, that believe that the government should pay them, Get a nice $500 check, but the government follows everything you do, from voice to vision, anything. Tracking what you shop, what you do, that's fair. That is fair. That is informed consent. Not this other rubbish, well, we get this information and do whatever. Now, need, nevertheless, right, if you opt out and you don't get that $500 because you're just giving your data away, um, you know, your data is stored within that company that has to be secure at all times, does not get shared with any law enforcement unless there are valid warrants. That sounds fair 
too. And it is not used to be monetized because if they monetize something that's yours, that's illegal. You can't monetize me without me making money. It's like someone taking a picture of you and making an ad out of it and not paying you for your face. That can't happen. Well, here we are. Microsoft is taking your face, taking your money, and then making more money by selling your face. You okay with that? I'm not. See, if I had a say where it says, well, if you allow us to sell your face, then you'll collectively get $500 a month or $100 a month as income for sharing information. If you don't, you don't get it. See, simple solution. Simple solution that gives us the illusion, the illusion, but a better one and a little bit more secure of informed consent. This is how we can help. That doesn't mean that law enforcement may not go through the proper channels to request the data that is sequestered, right? Let's get that out there. But in actual fact, the NSA doesn't even really have to because they could still monitor stuff without telling anybody. You know, Snowden did that. But this is where we're at in this hypocrisy of a world, a hypocrisy of the world, that they're making money by selling your information that you've paid them to collect. Sounds sick. So that's a conversation we should have. I think maybe I should write an opinion piece on that because I think a lot of people can get on board with that. And maybe this should be the new wave of going in because Microsoft not, it's BS. I can, I could probably, oh no, I can't because none of them are actually declassified, are they? I'm trying to think. No, they're not. Hey, (laughs) intelligence community that's listening right now, find one that's, you know, that's declassified and drop it on a DocuCloud or something. There's tons of Microsoft MOUs. I know, I've seen it signed in front of me. Well, not signed, the signed document I've seen 2010 in front of me when they were doing that Obamacare stuff, which is another thing we should talk about one day because Constitution is above all and that's unconstitutional. Ergo, that act is null and void. But I just thought I'd throw that in because I I feel really strongly about that. All right, so moving along. So we have all this spying going on, uh, obviously all this illegal surveillance, and what people don't seem to understand that it is uh, normal for them to feel that way. And what Barack Hussein Obama mistakenly did was as he was spying on the president, he was being petty, too. Because, you know, you know, no offense to my gays. Right. I love my gays. But, man, you guys are worse than women when you're pissed. When you're pissed, you are worse than women. Like, you, you know, I have a gay best friend. I actually and I'm making another one that I'm totally in love with. So I have two friends. One super gay best friend and another one almost like he's on that status, seriously. And his name is Michael. So um, a gay best friend is great. The one thing they'll do is they're loyal AF, like so loyal. You screw them over. That's it. You have not seen wrath like that. You think wrath runs through a woman's veins because wars have been started about? You have not seen what a gay man can do. He scorched earth, guys. So... Barack Hussein Obama is no different. He was a petty one, though, because what he did was all this surveillance information they collected on the Trump campaign, listening in to everything, right? Everything. They were also listening into his plans about Space Force, and he was putting it together. They even had logos. They were discussing it in 2017. They were putting it together. I mean, this is the U.S. government. 
It's not like you're going to go fly and file a patent until everybody agrees. And so, by the way, I just want to say there were two people dragging their heels on that, weren't they, President Trump? Those are the two people that were helping funnel information. So anyway, we have this surveillance going on and uh, big uh, deals from actual Barack Hussein Obama. What is it? Michelle becoming a woman or something like that? I don't know. Uh, anyway, and um, <laughs> they uh, they actually were telling Netflix what they were doing. So they started to create this scenario to make fun of the fact that they're going to create a space force. And they were mocking it. And I actually saw, you know, I love Steve Carell. Man, his comedic timing is so funny. And it's actually quite good because one of the characters in there that's a congresswoman looked insane like Ocasio-Cortez, only dialed down like 90 notches. But anyway, so what they did was they actually took... The name Space Force, right? And, you know, filed in like a trademark or whatever before they had agreed to file the full trademark, which was with the logo. Now, the logo that they used within the show was the one that was supposedly going to go forward. So this is how we know they knew and they were doing it beforehand. So that should be coming out in court because Netflix actually had the balls to sit and file and file a lawsuit against the new branch of the military for using their name. They want money off of the government for using their name. But the thing is, they were surveilling, they were using illegal surveillance by the Barack Hussein Obama administration to know the names they were floating around, and they were using that to file their trademark. So that's what they did. So when you can show, you know, I have a lot of friends in Hillsboro. You know, Netflix has a campus there. I'm just saying. And there's a lot of loose lips because a lot of people knew about this and they were sure that was the logo. And that's probably why those two people that were dragging their feet on the name and the logo, President Trump, should go. Because you're surrounded by two-faced clowns. They're all bipolar. One day they're like, I'm for America. Next day they're like, Mah. maybe we need someone like Bush who will just sit there and read a children's book while everyone destroys, uh, you know, the world. Well, while we destroy the world is the other way. So this is, this is what happened. So I don't know if a lot of people know about this lawsuit. So I got in touch with a lot of contacts within the legal division and um, all of them Oh, man, like they're really pissed off, too. Come on, man. Like this is so petty. But you know what? Netflix was going broke. China's dumped a lot of money and I'm not going to complain. You all know that I love watching my Chinese telenovelas, right? Um, my child is also convinced that true love only exists in, in, in China because <laughs> when they kiss passionately on the forehead, it's like amazing. But anyway, yeah, it's like they take these still like a whole minute of posing where one person hugs another and it's like, yep. Okay. Anyway. So this is what Barack Hussein Obama did. He actually, he actually took information, right? Information that was illegally obtained conversations, illegally obtained electronic communications, illegally obtained. And he took that and shared that with a private entity in order to, piss him off literally they said they wanted him to scathe like no joke so it's kind of like wait a minute so we knew we knew i i just want people to know we knew we totally 
Do it. He'll be fuming. We can backdate writings. Shouldn't be an issue. Just use what we have. The logo will be what we gave you. Nah, but we didn't use that logo, did we? Because we already knew. See, the right people knew. And this is why when we go to court, you might even lose a company. Maybe Netflix will be government owned. Huh? (laughs) Who knows? I mean, this is the United States of America, and we've seen so much insanity. But chaos, chaos can only exist for so long. Even in math, you can only have chaos for a certain period of time before stable elements also become chaotic, demanding a reset. And that's what's going to happen after Labor Day. So this lawsuit and the fact that they even changed their handle on Twitter is at Real Space Force. Shut up. Seriously is ridiculous they made the space force captain (laughs) general sorry look racist by asking someone if he was chinese which is not a question but um okay but what i'm trying to demonstrate to you is this spygate thing wasn't just to remove him from office. They had like, they use that data like nobody's business on any shape, through any avenue they could, through the AG of New York to come at him, through, you know, photographers, through shoemakers, through soup makers, and those that understand what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about, through media, through entertainment. I mean, Bottom line is we have a saboteur within the White House, but, you know, firing them because they're Iranian would be too much. That article's coming. Like, guys, Valerie Jarrett slotted a spy, an actual spy that is still working at the White House. What the heck? Right? Like, I want to tour the White House and say spy, but then, you know, maybe they'll pick me up instead, so I'll forget it. I won't do it. But I'll just keep saying it, and I'll write a nice article with her nice picture on it, just so that I could point out, hey, remember when this event was sabotaged? Yeah, there you go. Remember when this happened? There you go. Remember those leaks? Well, she's the one that placed the bugs. I mean, she's in every room putting flowers, right? So... This will all be coming out very soon. Um, All my articles, I I have so many drafted guys. I haven't had any time to put them together. And also, by, I don't know what I did to my face. Like I said it again, and I'm going to say it again. Because yesterday, I took my daughter kayaking and I took a picture and I had to put the word Thursday over my mouth because it looked like I had a bruise all over my front face, like on top of my lip. It just looked like I was bruised. And I don't know if it was bruising. My daughter says it was shadow. I was zooming in. I was like, dude, totally looks like bruising. So I don't know what happened to me in my sleep. (laughs) Maybe my cat beat me up. I don't know. I don't know. But I just haven't had the time. And it's not time now. I mean, we're still having a little bit wins. I'll I'll put out the news on pick-me-ups coming. There's a lot coming out of the State Department as well. I mean, we saw, and we'll talk about it in the next um, hour too, Finally, an article was put out today saying, oh, my gosh, IG Linux was using his personal emails. Maybe that's how he was leaking. Uh, told you guys, leaking Linux from like last year. And that's because, you know, I can only say so much because they can say I'm using insider privy information, whatever you want to call it. And then they can smack me down. So uh, bottom line is there's going to be a lot coming down. 
ICC, totally happenstance, right? No, it's not. This is all a show. We have the MH17 court now going part two today in Amsterdam. Damn Dutch. Damn Dutch. That's all I have to say. Because the thing is, this is all a charade. Everyone's playing cover. And like I said before, it was never China that released the virus. It was the who. Because the Chinese had nothing to win. Nothing to win. Yes, yes, they covered it up because that's because they were embarrassed. Not because they wanted to hurt people because they didn't even know what was happening. That's why they came out with the initial report. Oh, the Americans did it. We saw the soldiers. Did. Yeah, because you had a lot of Americans there too who were the Americans from the international office communicating these shenanigans. The Ukraine, remember how I had written that article over like a year or so ago where they all had their hand in a cookie jar? I actually inspired um, (laughs) our great Ben Garrison to make that cartoon with their hand in the cookie jar. That's only the beginning. Because that was the center focus. This is where things were going down. That was the best excuse to eliminate people from this planet that could destroy what their plan was. And it's not just MH17. There are so many other things. What you need to look is back to history. Look at how many blowing things up the Russians did or how they were blink whoop the Russians and it's like huh wait what I'm confused so we're going to analyze that because this is really really important you guys really important uh you know they are they will stop at nothing they don't care about you they don't care if you survive it's all about their plan their livelihood you know this is why they're coming after q did you see axios you know why they're salty because they don't know who q is and that's what pisses them off how is it that we don't know who q is how come the nsa is not telling us well that's because before anything ig stork big spotlight just to make sure so stork was spotlighted just to make sure any nice americans nice patriots very smart people got together and decided well you know maybe we should use technology to our advantage let's deploy it i mean we've deployed it elsewhere let's deploy it here to facilitate our communications rather than anything else Ah, but you know, that's why the Daily Beast is foaming at the mouth whenever they hear Q. I I kid you not, that person is insane. He's insane. Somner is insane. But anyway, we'll talk about all of this Ukraine coronavirus, blowed up planes, and Obamagate and what he has done after uh, this short break uh, that's coming up. So uh, please bear with me. Stand strong and see you in a bit. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori.
we'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So this is the second hour where we're going to get into why the Democrats are so mad. You know, people would say, oh, they're just upset because he's president. No, 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 no. Yes, they are. But they're upset about the control. But right now, what are they really upset about? Why are they really panicking is the question. And, you know, believe it or not, Lindsey Graham's going to tell you uh, how angry they are. And I want you guys to listen to him because it's all about getting Trump. And today we're going to answer the why. You know, I wrote about Adam Schiff and his blimps, his fake blimps. You know how we gave 50 million, 100 million, 200 million, another 50 million, 75 million, all this money to some guy that makes blimps. You know, to surveil people with blimps that could be taken out with a BB gun. Blimps that hasn't even provided a prototype. Blimps. He got $50 million to sit there and think about blimps. But, 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 but. It's not about blimps. It's about money laundering and it's about control and it's about this pandemic. And I've told you the center of the EU is where? Where is their headquarters? Honestly, where everyone's going to say, oh, it's Belgium. No, it's Luxembourg. No, Liechtenstein. No, it's actually in Kazakhstan. They just changed. Astana just got changed to Norsed. Pay attention. It's right in front of you, but you're so distracted with everything in your life, you don't see it. Hence why I'm here, pointing it out. Pointing it out. And here's where Lindsey Graham obviously indicates a little bit in too deep on his toes. Take a listen. Russian interference, and we now know that it left out key details about red flags that they knew about Christopher Steele, including that he was fired as a source for leaking to the FBI. It also proves how Mr. Super Patriot, James Comey, misled President Trump about the dirty dossier. It's salacious and unverified, but he signed the warrant earlier using the dossier uh, as the basis of his FISA application. He signed three of them. This all comes as the Senate Judiciary Committee has now authorized subpoenas for over 50 government officials in the crossfire hurricane investigation. Joining me now with reaction, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman uh, Lindsey Graham. You know, Senator, you had blockbuster testimony from Rod Rosenstein. Knowing what we know now, wouldn't have signed that, that FISA application. We wouldn't have had the country go through two and a half years of hell with Mueller. We now know that the FBI knew from its earliest dealings uh, in July and August of 2016, that Steele was a Russia research project funded by Clinton and the DNC. FISA courts were never told this information. Uh, Director Ray, where are you? He hasn't yet to turn over those to the Senate, slow walking that. The House GOP, we're going to get 10 criminal referrals in the next few days about leaking and misconduct in the Flynn and Crossfire Hurricane case. And this DNI declassification I just mentioned. I would say, Senator, that the American people were not only lied to, lied to repeatedly, and that these people we've identified for over three years on this show did everything we reported they did and more. Yeah, and nobody seems to give a damn in the mainstream media. 
Yeah, so just think about the how much coverage was given to the Mueller investigation. Two and a half years, $25 million. So what do we know? In January 2017, Comey basically provides President Trump a copy of the Steele dossier and says to the president, I don't know if this is true. We can't verify it. We just want you to know about it. That's the same document that was used multiple times to get a warrant against Carter Page where Comey and McCabe and others, Comey for sure, signed an affidavit to the court saying it was reliable. We know in January 2017 that the FBI interviewed the Russian subsource that provided all the information to Steele and he said the dossier was a bunch of bar talk, uh, unreliable hearsay. So I have the tools as chairman to get to the bottom of this, and I will. Is there anybody within the FBI, because I still believe that, I still have their pin on, that 99% yeah. of them are yeah. good and decent people. Um, yeah. Knowing what you now know and we all know, are you mm -hmm. confident that the people that abuse their power, the people that are corrupt, the people that knew and pre had premeditated fraud on a FISA court, people involved in trying to help Donald Trump not win, and those also then, you know, lying to the FISA court, yeah. and all that, are they going to be held accountable, Lindsay? Because I think I'd go to jail. Yeah, so let me, let me ask the, answer the question you ask about people in the FBI. There was an FBI agent who thought Steele wasn't very reliable because he didn't trust Steele, and a couple of them tried to find out where the dossier originated from, and lo and behold, they were able to find the Russian who supplied Steele with all the information, and the FBI, the professional, said it sounds like Russian disinformation. There's a multiple-page memo from the interview of the Russian subsource in January uh, basically shredding the reliability of the dossier. The question is, did anybody in the FBI go to McCabe and Comey and say, oh, by the way, the document we've been using for months to get a warrant is no longer reliable? I find it hard to believe that nobody at the top was told by the professionals in the organization our case fell apart. You had, I thought, the biggest blockbuster testimony from Rod Rosenstein. I want you to explain what it told you and what right. the next steps are. And by the way, you were criticized because yeah. people said, well, he's not moving fast enough. We had yeah. to wait for the Horowitz report taking forever. We're still waiting for the yeah. Durham report. Okay, right. so there's a time and a place. What did it tell you and what are the next steps? It, tell, it tells me that Rosenstein signed a warrant application having no idea what he was signing, that he trusted the system, and the system should not have been trusted. It tells me that the scope memo in August of 2017 allowing Mueller to investigate the Trump campaign was written by the same people who lied to the court. So what am I going to do? I'm going to call every person who signed the warrant and ask them, did you know about the doctoring of an email? Did you know that the FBI had learned that the dossier was no longer reliable? And I'm sure most of them are going to say no. I don't believe McCabe and Comey could have possibly not known that the dossier had been rejected by the subsource. I can't believe the FBI is that poorly run, that the most important investigation in 30 years of a sitting president, that nobody told the top of the FBI, oh, by the way, our case fell apart. And finally, I'm not going to let four people who interviewed the subsource for three months get blamed for this. It's not fair to blame it on the underlings if, in fact, the people at the top knew. 
So at the end of the day, is there anything that I, you've watched the coverage on this program and our ensemble cast? Yeah. Is there anything that we said that was wrong that you see? And is there anything the rest of the mob and the media that was saying about Trump and Russia, Trump and Russia, did they say anything that was right? Well, all I can tell you is in August 2017, I, found, I find no evidence to suggest that anybody named in the scope memo that there was any evidence they were working with the Russians by uh, August. So he knew that in August of 2017. So 2017, the uh, Carter Page warrant application was completely destroyed by the FBI interview of the subsource. January the 4th of 2017, they wanted to drop General Flynn from Crossfire Hurricane, but it was the seventh floor of the FBI that insisted that he continue to be investigated. Yes, because I'm going to tell you why now. So now we're going to take a trip back in time. We're going to take a trip back in time so you can understand why. It's, it's also proximity, right? I, I just want to say that. There's something called proximity. So um, since you're proximal, you can blow this up completely, and that could be a problem for them. So I'm going to play a clip for you of the cause of the MH17 crash as the uh, Dutch safety board said happened. Now take a listen. Take a listen to this. Hold on of July the 17th, 2014, a Boeing 777-200 of Malaysia Airlines departs Amsterdam Airport Schiphol for Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Flight MH17 enters Ukrainian airspace at an altitude of 33,000 feet, following airway Lima 980. The crew diverts a short distance to the north to avoid some thunderstorms when returning to the airway in the eastern part of Ukrainian airspace. In this region, an armed conflict between the Ukrainian government and armed groups is in progress. Wait, so let's stop right there. Armed conflict between the Ukrainian government and armed troops. Now, uh, back then, Barack Hussein Obama deployed um, interactive Internet activities. IIA, the same weapons we see, the same mess that we see with riots in the United States of America, they did in Ukraine <laughs> with the consent of Poroshenko, who is responsible for all those deaths, by the way, because he gave them a free pass. Remember what had happened in 2014? Oh, yeah. Biden got the Burisma guy out of trouble, out of a $35 million lawsuit, a pound lawsuit, well, fraud not lawsuit, sorry, criminal charges for money laundering over 35 million pounds. Then we had him talk with Carrie and say, all right, here's the, you know what we're going to do and, and we'll help you. And then Hunter Biden got on the board, right? He was in China and Ukraine. Keep that in mind. This is very important. And so then we started to say, oh, but you got to stand with the USA. Ukrainians were like, no, we stand with Ukraine. Oh, you're Russian. Well, look, we've been with Russia all this time. Just because we're independent now doesn't mean we can't be friends. Oh, they're going to annex Crimea and they're going to do this. Well, actually, no, we kind of feel comfortable with it. But, you know, just because we're separate now and we have our own borders doesn't mean we can't be friends. We share common history for eons and eons and eons from the Soviet times to before that to, 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 to. So then suddenly the Ukrainians that were uncomfortable by forfeiting their sovereignty to the Germans, because now Germany owns the Ukraine, they have almost five times the debt that the nation of Greece has. So basically Germany owns physically 
the Ukraine, okay? It is owned by the Germans, so there's no real independent nation. Now, this debt is obviously a faux debt because we're spending so much money, like, on, you know, space shuttles. Like, what is money? We're giving it value, if you think about it. They're just printing it off themselves and making us abide by the rules they set about money, but they don't. But anyway, I digress. So here we are where we have the Ukrainians. They're like, man, no, uh, we left one socialist place to go to another... I don't think so. We're okay. And then the Ukrainians that were supposedly pro-Europe were actually part of the open society. You know, these riots, they bust them in from Germany, bust them in from everywhere, lined a lot of Ukrainian pockets, sat with Poroshenko and said, listen, man, this is what you're going to do. So, you know, mafia mob boss... Barack Hussein Obama sat his sissy pants down and said, this is how it's going to happen. We're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then everyone's going to abide. So some people were let in on the plan of the pandemic and how they're going to forfeit everything. Oh, don't worry about it. The EU its just going to be one world government. Like join in now. We're just going to do it like this. And this is what it's going to happen. And this is how it's going to be. And blah, 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 blah. So that happened. <laughs> and then in July, this May, that not a lot of people know of, but he does have an institute now part of the United Nations University, Joe Blang. Joe Blang is a Dutch man, was a Dutch man, was a Dutch man, who um, actually found the cure for AIDS. But here's the thing. The way he did it, right, was through... Uh, creating a virus that behaved like AIDS or had the structure of AIDS. And that was done through, um, you know, the, the, the mechanisms uh, that existed through the SARS, um, the SARS retroviral flu, you know, the one that changes our genetic information as it infects us, you know, kind of like the one where they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to just infect the God gene out of their brains. Yeah, that one. So uh, there was a, um, a paper, and not a lot of people know about this paper, of fixed dose combinations for HIV, AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria uh, that was published in, and discussed in Geneva uh, back in 2003. Finding that, uh, you know, this... Um, uh, this drug, right, um, at that point, it was actually, that uh, that paper actually was presented by Sanjay Pujari, who was the director of the HIV product um, project, um, uh, who was Indian, right? And they all created these first lines of defense, um, you know, ARVs, um, retrovirals, basically, uh, to help fix AIDS, because AIDS was man-made created too. It's just that it wasn't correctly done. So what they were looking at was to see how they would dose people by weight base, if they can give it to children. Uh, they wanted to see how they could uh, a need for no lead, uh, you know, in there, um, what um, implications it had for your kidneys, your, your, your liver, the toxicity management, and if there was antiviral potency, was it robust enough, right? So this is, this is, this is um, 2003, just so you know, that paper. So we have this guy, Job, who was incredible, taking a flight, and guess where he was going? He was going to Wuhan, China, and I beg anyone to differ. Uh, he left uh, the uh, he left Holland to go to Malaysia, and then from Malaysia, his next flight 
uh, was going to Wuhan. So there is a 199-page paper that I have that will blow your mind uh, where they detail things of the coronavirus. And this is from 2003, you guys. 2003. So while this turmoil was happening and it looked like their plan was going tits up in regards to this, uh, you know, this pandemic, right? Uh, we see that they had decided that um, they're going to utilize this uh, tragedy of uh, putting Ukrainians against Ukrainians, which we did. And I would love, I would love for the president of the United States to call it out because we did that. And, and, and we should own it. I mean, we want other people to own it. We should own it. And it's not just the, the, the United States, right? Because Germany was involved, France was involved, the EU Council was involved. All of these people were involved, all of them. So we caused bloodshed in Ukraine. Now, at the same time, some guy went done and messed it all up for them, right? So Joe, um, Joep, they called him, his name was Joseph Marie Albert Lang, Joseph Marie. Uh, he was Dutch. Um, he was aboard this flight along with about another 90 HIV specialists. In 2001, he founded a nonprofit organization in Amsterdam called the Farm Access Foundation. And he uh, looked to see how he can improve access to HIV and AIDS therapy uh, in developing countries. He was the chairman of that, everything. Now, in order for a scientist to find the solution to a virus or to anything, they have to use cells that mimic it or that are easily manipulated. So sometimes you create a virus to kill a virus, kind of like HeLa cells. You know, HeLa cells were, are the only cancer cells that are still alive from like the 50s that keep self-replicating. But like your cancer cell, when they pull it out, may die by itself. It won't just self-replicate because it's not stuck on something. So what do they do? They create mimic cells of that cancer and then inject it into mice or use it in dishes, whatever, right? And that way they can find treatments and see how it behaves. Or they find ways to uh, provide infections, parasites, or viruses. So on a molecular level, there could be a war in there, right? So I want you guys to understand that in Wuhan, China, it was a level four um, you know, lab that was needed uh, to conduct this research. And Lang actually was the one that was trying to find a way to um, weaponize a virus that was similar to AIDS to eliminate AIDS. He actually, keep this in mind, perfected how people with a simple IgG test can test to see if they have HIV. Wait, you mean like the IgG test that we're doing now? Yes, that one. So what, the, what are they really looking for is the question that everyone should ask. Now, he was, um, he was, uh, they say that he was headed to Melbourne, Australia for the International AIDS Conference, which is correct. But he was also supposed to be in August in Wuhan, China, uh, to work with the laboratory uh, because they had some results that had come out in regards to, um, uh, you know, HIV. So 
there was a pill that was being created. This is 2006, 2006, which is called, um, it was a pre-exposure prophylaxis, kind of like a plan B, but for AIDS. So it's like, you know how people take the morning after pill or the prevention pill or birth control. This was like an AIDS prevention pill. So they actually gave this pill to uh, women uh, that were high risk of HIV, so prostitutes, uh, of Cameroon, Nigeria, and Ghana. And uh, even though they had, you know, all these women, they were giving them this drug and they were investigating to see how many of them got AIDS. So what they wanted to do was create a vaccine to prevent HIV. So basically that you would have an inborn virus because we make our own viruses in order to prevent you getting HIV, which is like a SARS virus, but it learns everything about you and then kills you. Right. So I just want you to understand that HIV um, is like I want you to picture a soccer ball and on every single little square, you know, um, uh, hexagon on the um, soccer ball, there is a representation of one of your immune cells. So say immune cell ABCD receptor EFG that you have to protect yourself, right? What it does is it learns about your immune response ABC and then creates a weapon for it. So then it's like a ball with a bunch of knives and weapons to kill you. And not to kill you by killing you, but by killing any response you have to an infection. So if you are HIV positive and you get um, you know, a cold and you create B cells, lineage Jose, I'm just saying whatever, then your HIV plus has now learned the HIV, the, the linear B cell Jose. And on this little ball of virus that just hangs out and replicates, there's like the weapon against, uh, you know, um, cell line Jose. So then, uh, two years down the line, you get the same bacterial infection or whatever, and you get sick and you deploy your immune system lineage line Jose guess what HIV's like oh no you don't and then there's a bloodbath and you die so that's basically how HIV works in a nutshell very dumbed down you know because it's everybody hears about it but they don't understand how it works so with that in mind this is how he tried to uh, fix the concern that we had. We created HIV. It didn't come from King Tut's tomb, okay? It didn't come from monkeys. It came from laboratories. And everyone keeps saying, oh, no, it did just so happen. No, it didn't just so happen. This is one of the smartest viruses ever. And this is because they use quantum computing they weren't supposed to. And this is why a lot of people that are upgraded are pissed. Because instead of leaving it alone and, you know, doing whatever... They're still pushing and they're scabbing and the more people are waking up and remembering things, the more things come forward. So here we are with Joep on this plane heading to this conference with a bunch of other people that are heads of, um, you know, HIV research, which, by the way, Dr. Burks was part of, too. So they already knew about the coronavirus. So any of these clowns like Fauci and Brick, oh, we didn't know about the coronavirus. We don't know. And it's like, no, you guys know because he created it in order to fight HIV. So he died. Where did he die is the question. Ah, over the Ukraine. Ah, and the Russians were blamed. Ah, and now there's court. So here we are where the European Union's covering their tush right now even though evidence seems to show 
that the Ukrainians that were supposedly Russian friendly were not even aware. They weren't even aware of what was going on. But apparently it was a Bach missile and it's something the Ukrainians had from the Russians and it's just a hot mess. So the trial today um, indicated, you know, that happened that happened at Chipotle Judicial Complex. It's part two of it is so incredible because there's so much conflicting information. Wait a minute. The people that you've indicted told you they didn't do it. There are communications between them saying we didn't do it. Nobody shot that down. The Russians were like, we did not do that. So they had a Russian missile system and it's their fault. Wait a minute. Turkey has Russian missile systems too. So does Germany. So do many, many other nations. You know, so that way they know what kind of anti-missile aircraft to build. So the question to everyone should lie is, we have satellite images that co- conflict the stories. Satellite, so this is, this, is, this is happening while we condemn the ICC. Because the ICC knows that those four Ukrainian, Russians, whatever you want to call them, didn't do it. Because none of them knew what was happening. But see, a lot of Ukrainians knew and a lot of Europeans knew about this pandemic. We'll continue this after the break. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. 
When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. Wow, that was uh, dead silence, even though it was playing. So I'm going to start off uh, this last half hour with just reminding you that it is not a coincidence that the ICC announcements happened. It is not a coincidence that all of this is going around from the Ukrainian government. And it is not a coincidence that the royals in Holland are coming with teeth out. Here we go. No messages, photos or videos were found from, of book systems in the surroundings of Saroshensky or the effects of a launch from that area. So there was no evidence of a launch from that area. This is the arguments. This is the court, okay? And now I'm going to read off to you texts between the so-called Ukrainian slash Russians that did this. The investigation only led to indications to the country after mentioning Saroshensky. By the Russian Ministry of Defense, several journalists talked to people living in the area. These people living in the area deny and contest that a missile was fired, according to the people living there. So the people that live in the area that they said the missiles were fired from said that no missiles were fired. Wait a minute, because I'm going to tell you where they were fired from. Uh, you know what? Actually, I'll leave that for next week because I, I, I want a little bit of suspense. There were no Ukrainian armed forces present there because Zaroshansko was un controlled by the DPR. And telecommunications don't give any indication for this scenario either. Several tap, com tap conversations. So they didn't find any conversations coordinating uh, any shoot down. They didn't find any communications from people local to the area where they would have heard that missile go talking about it. No one knew about it. But, you know, the Europeans and the Americans said that's where it happened. So that's exactly where it happened. Um, mentioned Zaroshensky, but this is not the location from where the book missile was launched. These inter intercepted conversations. This is the public prosecutor, by the way. Confirm the, the version that local uh, inhabitants confirmed in media, to media. There was no launch from Zaroshensky. And from two conversations, we see that separatists were quite surprised to have taken cognizance of the press conference of Amas Antay. In the same afternoon of this first press conference of Amas Antay, the presumably self-proclaimed mayor of Shatarsk speaks to a military commander of the DPR. 
Shatarsk is located a couple of kilometers from. So this is the conversation. So you know how they uh, separated, how we created the civil war in Ukraine, right? So we had the Ukraine slash EU slash US backed. And don't forget, you know, who started these wars and who were firing from both sides, right? So we had infiltrated the side of the Ukrainians that were like, nah, man, we don't want globalism. And then the Ukrainians that supposedly said, yeah, we want globalism, right? So they had sent National Guardsmen from California and New York to both these areas, both of them. And we were the ones, the Americans were the ones starting up the wars. We were the ones setting the cars on fires, the embassies on fire, all that stuff, right? Just so you know. So what we're seeing here is the same. And you know, it was all paid by George Soros. We know this now. So Open Society did this. So now they charged four people supposedly with this, uh, four men. Uh, they were all supposedly charged. They're all like Russian, Ukrainian guys. And um, they they were found guilty, supposedly, of uh, sending off those missiles. And they did it. This is the going story. So since everybody's saying it, it's real. So it would be Igor uh, Gherkin, who's also known as Stretklov. He's the former colonel, former colonel of Russia's FSB intelligence. And he was given the position of Minister of Defense title. Sergei Dubinsky, also known as Kumri, he was employed by Russia's GRU military intelligence agency and was a deputy. Deputy of Mr. Gherkin, Oleg Pulatov, known as Gyrza. He was a formal soldier of the GRU. Almost everybody is, but anyway. And deputy head of intelligence service in Donetsk. Um, and uh, Leonid Karachenko, a Ukrainian national who has no military background, but led a combat unit as commander in eastern Ukraine, according to prosecutors. So these are the people that had information of who the real people were, so they just prosecuted them. So here I'm going to read to you these messages. I'm going to mute it because they try to do it. So it's um one commander. So it's the mayor of the area, right? Um, talking to the commander. Um, please refresh your memory. The month of July, the Boeing's downing. Do you remember? And so next message comes in, right? Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, the there is some information appearing that the launch had been performed with an anti-aircraft defense system. And then the response, um, oh, well, he continues, from the locality of Roshino, Zarashino, uh, being situated somewhere not far from Sharatovsky. Uh-huh. Was the territory mentioned under them or under us? Or Zarachovsky. Oh, Zarachovsky. Yes. Zarachovsky, Zarachovsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's our territory. No, it's not. It, it was our territory. No, it's, it was the territory of ours. Was it one of ours for sure? It was our territory for sure. Well, in the case of Ukrops happened to enter, they were never standing, deployed there densely permanently. Um, Zarachovsky is just right over here, just close just close to us well from the place i'm sitting at it makes it about three kilometers away so that's why it was a surprise for me well from the center no i'm giving you 100 percent. had not been down from over there as when it had been down we were at the place on duty it's not so here they are discussing like why are they saying that this stuff came from us like we were there and it what it didn't come from us we didn't do this, but they're saying that we did this. And I know because we were on duty. Oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter. The, the, the European Union wants them down, so they want to say that they did it. But the, 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 the missile didn't come from them. That's the thing. The missile didn't come from them. It did not. Take a listen to what the going story says. 
therefore lower levels of the airspace are restricted for civil air traffic. Flight MH17 is routed above this restricted airspace to waypoint Romeo November Delta in the Russian Federation. Until that moment, the flight proceeds normally. When flight MH17 is above the eastern part of Ukraine, a Buck surface-to-air missile system fires a missile. It travels almost at three times the speed of sound and carries a 9N314M model warhead. Inside it is an explosive core surrounded by two mantles containing preformed iron fragments. Radar guides it to its target, where it is detonated by means of a proximity fuse. A Buck surface-to-air missile can reach an altitude of 80,000 feet, exceeding the flight altitude of flight MH17 by far. At 20 minutes and 3 seconds past 1, this warhead explodes to the left and above the cockpit of MH17. About 800 preformed fragments perforate the aeroplane. This impact, combined with the blast of the explosion, causes the cockpit and the business class section to separate. As it descends, the aeroplane disintegrates. None of the 298 occupants survived the crash. The investigation demonstrated that the aeroplane flew at an altitude of 33,000 feet, which is to say 10.1 kilometers. No abnormalities regarding the aeroplane or crew were found. The flight proceeded normally and no malfunctions of any system or oral warnings were recorded. Also, no distress messages were received by air traffic control. Both flight recorders stopped abruptly at 13.20.03, and from that time, the flight crew of MH17 did not respond to air traffic control messages. Flight MH17 disappeared from the radar. The aeroplane was perforated by hundreds of high-energy objects shaped like cubes and bow ties. Many fragments were found in the bodies of the crew seated in the cockpit. Some of them had a bow tie or cubic shape. The left side of the cockpit area shows a characteristic damage pattern. Traces of explosives were found in the wreckage and on the missile fragments found. Paint on fragments found inside the wreckage matches paint on the recovered missile parts. The point of detonation was determined by the spray pattern on the cockpit and by simulations, and was confirmed by the recorded sound peak. The impact and blast resulted in the aeroplane's disintegration. The wreckage of the aeroplane was distributed over six different sites, consistent with the way the aeroplane broke up in the air. So I just want to tell you guys, they say that the missile struck like right between the eyes. So if you're looking at the cockpit straight ahead, it hit right above the windows and scratched the surface. So it it landed like right behind where the pilot door would be. This is what they say. So it skidded that way and then it, it, it like tore it apart. And this is why it went because of the fragments. Based on these findings, the Dutch Safety Board concludes that Flight MH17 was downed by a 9N314M warhead carried on a 9M38 series missile as installed on a Buck surface-to-air missile system. Other scenarios were investigated and excluded. 
No other scenario can explain this combination of factors. The findings are conclusive and support each other based on multiple sources. To that end, we have been able to draw well-supported conclusions about the flight and the causes of the crash. Calculations have demonstrated that the missile's trajectory commenced somewhere in the 320 square kilometer area in the eastern part of Ukraine. The Russian Federation concurs with the conclusion that the crash was caused by the detonation of a warhead, but has reservations regarding the missile and warhead type. Yes, correct. And so do I. Because the way it came between the eyes and skirted off the site means that it wasn't going off of IR. It was actually joystick controlled. Uh, this is what I have to say, because the plane would have no way of avoiding it. And since they already knew the trajectory of the plane, they would know where it is. This is why they pushed for this book theory. Now, also on that, just so you know, that these surface to air missiles usually have a range of about 87 miles, 140 kilometers. So, um, you know, they are like, well, you know, this can be within that. And the way it hit it means that it was at peak. So I'm just saying the math doesn't match. And, you know, it's just funny how. <laughs> Wait, let me see if this clip actually has it. Hold on. However, in our judgment, the arguments in the report overwhelmingly support the conclusions as presented. So let me tell you something. So this missile, you know, it's kind of like those passports. You know how they're explosive proof passports, right? Um, this missile was explosive proof, but the shards were actually made from casing that were used in book um, missiles. Now, the way it tore apart and the fragments of the missile itself from uh touching the airplane, because I actually had actually looked into this, um, you know, just with the physics, with my little online group um, of nerds, uh, it didn't match up in regards to size and how. And the fact that it was done by joystick, which led to the error of not hitting the target under um, as it was supposed to, uh, because usually when a missile hits, it either comes from under to go direct hit, right? And it knows the trajectory it's going to, or it's on its descend coming down. Down. So it's like because it's like more short range, it'll be up peak and then down to meet it at, you know, the path that it's going to. Well, this one actually skirted on the plane. So it went like right between the eyes of the plane and then veered to like the right, kind of like as if it was like, oh, I'm not supposed to do it was joystick control. It wasn't automated. So this tells us that, you know, if I was to guess, you know. I would totally put this on people that partake uh, with the United Nations. No joke. Um, and I don't believe the Russians had anything to do with it. But this just further amplified the ability for the United States's, you know, corrupt deep state of the Obama administration to enter in. And, and this is why there is no trust with Russia, no trust with the Ukrainians. I mean, their current president is corrupt, too. He won over 70 percent and we helped usher those elections. Remember, Barack Hussein Obama paid money to make sure those elections happen. There are recorded discussions of Biden and the rest of them, including Yovanovitch. And there's a lot of people out there still at the international office that should be so ashamed of themselves because you know exactly what was discussed during that Munich conference in 2019. And that makes me sick. But obviously, me releasing anything like that or even having anything of that nature in my possession can make me 
enemy number one. So it would be great if the clowns at the State Department that consider themselves career politicians come up and speak. But you know why they don't speak? Why those vajayjays sit there with their heads down? Because they want their job. It's about saving their own skin. They don't care. Those are the thugs. This is why we have animals that pounce on people and kill people for TVs. Because just like them, it's all about them. Has nothing to do with what you can contribute to make sure this doesn't happen again. That it doesn't happen again so that people aren't in the same position. This is what we should all be striving to. I mean, I am getting naked, literally naked, and it's not making anything easier for me. It makes things a lot more difficult for me. Difficult for me on contracts, difficult for me on jobs, difficult for me for everything. But the point of the matter is either you stand for something or you fall for everything. And right now what we have is a trial happening in Holland where the the prosecutors themselves don't even have evidence to prosecute the people. And they're all saying that, oh, yeah, they had book missiles. and Yes, the Ukraine had it. They used to be part of Russia. But don't say that it came from somewhere else when it didn't. You're sitting there having a trial with BS evidence. They're just anti-Russian, period. Because Russia threatened them. But most of all, the expose of what really happened in the Ukraine, who really shot that down. And it, it all goes back down to this pandemic because Joep would have blown this up. You know he created coronavirus. You had your whole plan, your lockstep in plan, everything in plan. The poor guy actually thought he was making a change. You know, you know it's, 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 it's so incredible. It is so incredible. Uh, This was an attack on humanity. And all we have is that they hate Russia. They hate independence. And they hate anyone that will stand up and call them out like it is. And we are having trials now at the ICC. That's the thing. The Ukraine wasn't only about the money laundering. It was the crimes they committed against humanity. That is the source. You know, if we can actually get the Chinese to come to the table, I don't know why they're scared. They have 20% of the world's population. It's like, forget it. The money system doesn't work. Hey, China. Hey, Russia. Hey, Brazil. Wake up. Hey, South Africa. Wake up. We can all sit down. And say, you know what? Let them burn, man. We don't care. We're not giving them, we're not going to be going by their money anymore. Let's, let's do us. India, that has a lot of populism. Let's sit down and deal with this. We don't need these losers. We want to find a way of uh, barter slash money. Let's give it some value. Because right now, it's just out of control. Uh, you know, we want truth. Let's just be like, you know what? Everything was messed up before. That's it. It's over. Let's have some healthy competition. Let's start over. It's really easy to do that because the truth hurts once and it can hurt real bad. When you're confronted with the truth, it hurts. It really does hurt, but it only hurts once. When someone is lying to you, when you are being lied to, when you are living a lie, when you are imposing lies on others and facade and falsities, that hurts again and again and again. It's one of the slowest deaths there are. So what we have to look at is what? How we can move forward. And the only way to move forward is to own it and say, all right, um, this is like, we're super done. We're not doing this anymore. We're done. It's finished. That's what we have to do.
We have to let them own Ukraine, blow it up, show the world, blow this case out into the open. Not only did they money launder, not only did they extort, but they took out the guy that had created this specific coronavirus, COVID-19, which was created for him to find ways to attack HIV that we created as well. Why do you think we started vaccinating people in 1973? This was it. Yulen Boren syndrome, just one of many things. AIDS was another one. And the thing is, people don't seem to get it. Everything has been human born. Everything has been created by humans themselves. All the tragedies. We've done it with our own hands. No one did it for us. There's no conspiracy from some alien nation. Uh, Well, okay, I take that back. Not fully. Not fully. But this is this is what we have to understand that this is all a facade. What you are being told is a facade. They are lying to you every day, every day, every day. And we shouldn't let them do that. We should demand that, you know, that they be honest. So I'm going to leave you with this song today, which is very suitable.
I love, I love Fleetwood Mac. I do. And this song is so fitting because all they do is lie, 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 lie. That's what they do. You know, bottom line is, guys, you know where the proof is? <laughs> IG Linux, we want that server. Hey, Hillary's emails, we want them because that's where you're going to see a planned attack. That's where you're going to see the infodemic. That is where you're going to see what the Obama administration do. It did not only destroy the nation, which, by the way, Black Lives Matter, what did you do eight years for black Americans? Nothing. There is no issue with race. Yes, yes, there is some systemic racism. I know a few racists. I know a few racists, bonafide racists. They don't even think they're racist, <laughs> but they totally are. And here's the thing. There's, there's so few. So few. Not many racists around anymore. So here's where we're at. Hey, by the way, you know, rallies are starting up and, you know, the hole runs real deep. <laughs> they don't want... They don't want rallies. You know that. They don't want rallies. Because rallies means he's getting elected again. <laughs> so, lies, lies, lies. That's what it is. Man, it's another two months. I'm like looking at the clock. God bless everyone. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I really wish I had more vouchers to go for like kayaking for free. But um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I hope all of you get some sun because, you know, riots cured coronavirus. God bless. Thank you.